Welcome to Rumiki Talks podcast. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. This is a space where I interview professionals from the entertainment industry and discuss popular film-related topics with my co-host and producing partner, Romana Dinevska. Our goal is to help and motivate aspiring filmmakers to get their films made. Enjoy. Welcome, guys, to the Rumiki Talks. And today we're going to talk about things that piss me off. A little bit. We're going to talk about cinema and the future of cinema and what kind of cinema will be in the future, in our opinion. So we've heard a few established filmmakers talk about that cinema is dying and we must save cinema. I don't think we need to save cinema. I think we need to make it better. I think we need to move to the next stage and define what that next stage is because things are changing and people don't watch films as they used to. Maybe back in the days everyone was going to theaters and watching the films. Right now it's a bit different. But that doesn't mean there is no space for great cinema, for art cinema, for meaningful films. It only means that the way that we consume films needs to change. Today we're going to share our thoughts on what we think about it and how we think it may change in the future. So for example, right now we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe, the Barbie Cinematic Universe is rising. But on the other hand, there is other universes that people don't call universes, but they are still universes. There is Christopher Nolan Universe. There is Martin Scorsese universe. There is a Quentin Tarantino universe. All of them have their universes. So it's not like only Marvel has the universe, just they have the name. But the fact remains the fact. And there are fans for all of those universes. Some of them intertwined. So it's not the question that Marvel Universe takes over. It's the question that the technology moves on. The society moves on. The culture changes. Culture doesn't stay the same. If culture stayed the same, it would be drawing on the walls and caves, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 changing. The world is changing. And the best thing that we can do is to use it to our advantage and not complain about it, but finding ways of how you can use these new forces, these new challenges, and your view of the world to move to the next level. It's just simple as that. What do you think, Rumki? I completely agree with you. But if you ask me like a few years ago, I might have had a different opinion because, you know, I never considered myself a fan of comic books and Marvel movies. And still, you know, I don't particularly go out of my way for them. Uh, but I always loved art house films and quality films and European cinema. And this debate between, um, you know, film as a form of entertainment and, you know, in Hollywood we call it an industry um, and film as an art form has, I've always struggled with it. But obviously since I've lived here in Hollywood for, you know, a couple of years and have um, experienced the industry, I think there is a place for both. And I think that there are still wonderful and very meaningful uh, Hollywood films, you know, produced in Hollywood. Maybe not as many as before, true that like blockbusters and superhero movies are the ones that do really well at, at the box office. 
Um, and yeah, some of them can feel, you know, repetitive and kind of like formula based. Um, but I, I do appreciate the, the work that goes into it because in every film, there's so many artists involved. So there's, you know, VFX artists and storyboard artists and sound designers and CGI artists. And it's the level um, of work that's put in these films. And they're, yeah, they're fun. They're fun to watch for. So I might not be a fan of them, but I do know that... I do see why people enjoy them. And sometimes you do need a film to be just that, an entertainment. You know, for me, those type of movies are rom-coms, for example, um, or like some stupid comedy or like a, uh, or like a um, uh, high school, like a coming of age uh, high school movie. And yeah, I think there's a place for both. And like you said, I think it's very important to just adapt with how things are changing. You know, everyone used to be against TikTok. <laughs> I was also against TikTok. And now I have TikTok myself. So we have to like, you know, adapt and accept the changes culturally. And how can we as filmmakers participate in it? Yeah, there is one thing you mentioned, formula. <laughs> And that doesn't apply, again, just to the Marvel films. Uh, every director has their own formula that makes their style. That's their formula. Yeah. You know, you can say that, oh, this is movie is the Martin Scorsese movie, or this movie is the uh, Steven Spielberg film, or this movie is a Christopher Nolan film. They have distinctive formula. You can call it formula because it's a set of similar things that mm -hmm. they apply to every movie. Yeah. Even though every movie is different, different genres and, and things like that. Besides... Only 10% of the movies are great. Even less, maybe five. I didn't calculate, but based on my viewing experience, it's around 10% movies that are great. 90% of them are, are not great. Yeah, even the great filmmakers that we love, some of their films we love more than the others, and this also makes around 10%. So it's not the question of that Marvel takes over. In, even within Marvel, there are films that are really good, even great. Yeah. But some of them are not as great. And that's just the, the way that film industry works. Like even the way that financing for filmmaking industry works based on that factor. That they create a pool of money basically uh, to make let's say 10 films. Because they know that 8 of them will fail and only like 2 of them will win or even 1. Mm -hmm. So it's just the part of the process, part of the creative process. All we can do as creators is to keep doing consistent deep work and that's all we can really control yeah to wake up in the morning to write for those three hours without any distractions that the best thing you can do to improve the quality of your work because yes there is tiktok yes there is other social medias but people don't care about them the great pieces of work great films they stay with us they stay in our memory and they leave a deep message that affects our life even our choices in life of what profession to pursue or where to live or what kind of right choices to make in life i grew up on films and they taught me a lot of good life lessons and that's what i want to do with my films i want my films to inspire people to do some things that even even if there is like one little thing that they take from the film that improve their life a little bit the goal is achieved. Yeah, and I, I just want to add, you know, I feel like any young filmmaker, even if you're a true lover of cinema and true lover of European films and art house films, and you love Lars von Trier, and, um, you know, you've seen all the Cassavetes movies, 
and uh, Igmar Bergman movies. Any young director, if you're offered to direct a Marvel movie, I think you would see it as a challenge. Why not? I would love to try directing a Marvel movie. It's still, you know, storytelling. And what's happening right now is that superhero movies are being directed by really quality directors and they're hired because of their skill level and how to tell a story. So it's still, storytelling is always going to be storytelling. You know, if you know how to uh, tell a story, you can make any film, really. You can make a rom-com, you can make a comedy, you can make a Marvel movie, you can make an art house movie and uh, a very meaningful drama, you know. For example, recently, Chloe Chow that was nominated and she won the Oscar for Nomadland. Uh, I mean, the movie won an Oscar. Um, you, you know, she she directed Eternals. Same with Patty Jenkins that directed Wonder Woman. I think that any filmmaker would see it. Even if you really want to direct, you're going to see it as a challenge directing a movie of that scope. Uh, so I think there's a place for both, for sure. I think there's a place for like big movies, big blockbusters, high budget movies that are for they're like known for their entertainment value. And then there's movies that, you know, you're going to remember forever. But we do need to make sure we keep up, uh, keep making movies like Constantine said, um, and always expanding our horizons and just trying to produce better work. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And don't be afraid to and don't be afraid of the future. Just focus on creating deep work and the high quality work is always in demand, no matter what kind of technology it is. So spend time working on deep work and maybe 10% of uh, working on things that you think will potentially become popular in the future. If you spend a little time to like prepare to preparing for the future, you'll be fine. Because the worst thing you can do is to ignore everything that's happening right now and then suddenly find yourself out of job or lose income or or whatever applies to you. Because the world is changing. The movies are changing. The people are changing. If you have haven't if you haven't noticed, the people are changing. So the movies that you see right now if you show it to people 20 years ago, they would be shocked, almost terrified maybe in yeah. some cases. The change is the part of life. Yeah, and we just have to accept it and get along with it. <laughs> exactly. And now we arrived at the obsession of the week portion of this episode. So, Rumki, tell us, what is your obsession? I don't know if we ever mentioned this, but my obsession of the week is the series Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's so funny because we've been watching it for so long right now. I got my whole family to watch it. My dad finished it. My mom is watching it with us. So we're obsessed and um, we're near finishing. So we're like on uh, season six. And I highly recommend this show. It's really fun and juicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sasnak. So my obsession of this week, <laughs> the World Postcard Day. Of course. October 1st is the World Postcard Day. And I'm very excited about it because I'm obsessed with postcards. I have about 30 stamps in my closet ready to be used to send a postcard to someone or a letter. And this week I've been looking for things connected to postcards and I found a, a very interesting website that can send you a postcard from Antarctica. 
if you donate to their campaign and they were gonna send you postcard from Antarctica. So you don't have to travel there, but you can get a postcard from there. And to a person who loves postcards, it's like a candy. You'll find the link to this Antarctica postcard in the show notes. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Rumike Talks podcast. You can find the show notes at rumike.com. I'm your host, Konstantin Staradetsky. My producing partner, Rumena Dinevska. See ya.